Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today Members Podcast, last day of the month, 31st of May. And I see Shane Oliver's Insights email today, his weekly email, well worth reading. He's one of the good guys. Is called Sell in May and Go Away? Question mark. You might as well have done. The market has done nothing this month. And today it's got even worse, has to be said, down 80 points. A combination of reasons for that. This is general advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. With the debt deal in the U.S. at the weekend, or should we call that the debt compromise in the U.S. at the weekend, they had a holiday on Monday. So last night was the first night they were going to react to it. And if the debt deal was going to, or the debt compromise, was going to be a catalyst for a market rally, then last night we would have seen the market up 5% and everything shooting off today. And that hasn't happened at all. And that's the main point of the day, really that the debt deal, which is a negative being removed, hasn't kicked the market up at all. The big tech stuff is has got a mind of its own at the moment. Without the AI stocks, the S&P 500 wouldn't be up this year. It's all in big tech. So outside of that, this debt deal hasn't done anything for the market. And if you read the Marcus Take section yesterday, you'll realize that one of the consequences of this debt compromise is that bond yields have risen. They were down overnight, but bond yields have risen. Credit markets have got tighter and it makes the chance of a recession just that much higher that they haven't reached a no-holds-barred rise in the debt ceiling. It's a conditional rise in the debt ceiling. So not kicking the market along and that has left the Australian market cold also not helping today. There are some Chinese PMI numbers which have dropped month on month. The initial Chinese rebound, reopening rebound, is clearly behind them, and their economy is slowing again, particularly in manufacturing. The Chinese government need to come to the party to stimulate things, otherwise our resources sector is going nowhere, and after the PMI numbers in my section, I've put the resources sector chart, there is just nothing in that trend that suggests we should be buying anything. I've also got the chart of BHP in as well. Would you be buying this stock? I have asked, not in this trend. So our one-stock portfolios, the Macquarie chart's in there as well, that is equally lacking in temptation. So our one-stock portfolios remain in cash. The ideas portfolio, which really needs the market tied to be running with it, is also in cash. No excuses for that. When the market turns, you'll find that ideas portfolio fills up with a thousand ideas. But for now, nothing. So today, Chinese PMI numbers not inspiring our market. But more importantly, the Australian monthly CPI number came out and the market immediately dropped 20 points came out at the same time as the PMI numbers from China, of course. But the market immediately dropped 20 points. The CPI number is ahead of the 6.4% year-on-year number expected at 6.8%. The core number still fell a bit, but it's not what the market wanted to hear just ahead of the RBA meeting next week. And interestingly, there is an ASX rate tracker website that deduces in the same way as we read the US CME 
FedWatch tool, that's another website, in order to gauge the bond market vibe towards policy rates in the US. There is also an ASX one as well. There's a link to it in my section. And there has been zero chance of an RBA rate rise at the meeting next week until the last three days where it's popped up to 10%. And I'm guessing after that CPI number, it might even go higher. And on the back of that, the consumer discretionary sector is doing nothing And I've talked about this recently, that the anecdotal evidence is that consumers in Australia just stopped spending the moment the RBA surprisingly raised rates early in May. And that was confirmed by Wes Farmers yesterday, who told us that the honeymoon of government stimulus and lower interest rates was over, that they're okay, Jack, but everyone else is going to struggle. City, by the way, had a sell recommendation on Wes Farmers this morning. I'll do a stock take on it tomorrow, I think. But the whole consumer discretionary complex has tipped over. Today's inflation number won't help. The days of paying $100,000 for a 10-year-old Toyota four-wheel drive are clearly behind us. The days of consumers having the money to buy a 10-year-old Toyota four-wheel drive are behind us. The COVID handout money's run out. Inflation has bitten on so many fronts, from fuel to food. Rents are up 11% in a year, more than rates. Mortgage rates have doubled, if not tripled. The mortgage cliff approaches. And I'm not sure if you went looking for a job at JB Hi-Fi or Harvey Norman, they'd be employing anybody at the moment. Quite the opposite. So everyone's pulling their heads in, and Wes Farmers told us that yesterday. We have some retail sales numbers in Australia tomorrow. Meanwhile, the consumer discretionary sector has cracked uptrend support and the consumer staples sector. Nothing to like in the consumer space at all at the moment, and that CPI number is just going to put another nail in the coffin for the moment. The good news is our strategy portfolio is still going swimmingly. The FANG, Global X FANG Plus ETF, which we bought, what, a month ago or so, three weeks ago, is up 20.5% now, was up again overnight. AI is still the chatter on CNN and CNBC. The NASDAQ 100 ETF we hold is up 18.5%. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 dragging its heels And we have a REIT ETF. I might just bin it. It's a 10% holding in our strategy portfolio. It was there on the expectation that interest rates would be peaking and coming down. Looks like interest rates are going to stay higher for longer. And it's just beginning to lose a bit of ground now. And it's making almost no difference to the strategy portfolio. So we might just cash that up. Haven't done that yet. I'll probably do that tomorrow if we are still worrying about interest rates. Other quick things, coal prices dropped 12% in a night. How the mighty have fallen. It's 60% off the top now and coal stocks with it. Last year, the only thing you had to know was buy coal stocks. This year, the only thing you had to know was sell coal stocks. Meanwhile, I've written a few stock takes today. Have a look at those. I wrote one about EBR I'm going to write them on, it's a sort of motley fool technique. You find out whatever clickbait stock is around and write it up and get everybody to go to your website. I won't be doing that, but I will be writing up stocks that members are clearly interested in that are a bit clickbaity. And one of them is EBR Systems. No quality, no growth, no value, no earnings, but an FDA approval possible next year and the share price is beginning to take off. And the brokers, there are a couple of brokers, they must be on the payroll because why are big brokers covering $320 million stocks? 
they are both keen but no depth of numbers at all and that's sort of what these stock takes do pick up it's a bit of a fundamental look at stocks but everyone seems to be loving my one-line summaries so my one-line summary for EBR systems was popped on FDA hopes for next year speculative buy which is exactly what the brokers call it they can't call it anything other than that when it's got no earnings I've also written up IDP education which dropped recently down 15% in a day after the Canadians said they're going to accept other language proficiency tests from three other providers they could lose 30% of their Canadian revenue but it's not all about Canada and if you look at the broker research on IEL or IDP education the average broker target price 32% above the current share price it looks like it's in a sentiment hole and I have written it up as recent sell down offers possible recovery trade not sure you can invest in a stock on 40 times PE and 1.7% yield looks expensive 35% above intrinsic value but judging from what the brokers are saying it should have a bit of a bounce from these levels overreacted perhaps I've also done a stock take on AGL, which is hitting a year's high. I've written that up. Structural risks, safer income stocks around. Not this year, but next year, it is expected to pay out a decent dividend. It has, of course, had a very turbulent last couple of years. In fact, it's had a turbulent last five years, as the expectation is that coal-powered stations will have to be turned off. That's where most of its revenue comes from. But it has had a resurrection in the last year and that seems to be continuing it does have some yield a year out or so it's sort of become a boring regulated income stock but there is structural risk they were trying to split the company last year that failed they were bid for last year by an antagonistic company trying to shut down their coal power stations return on equity is a regulated 10 percent it's all very boring might be an income stock if there isn't some structural upheaval another one anyway i've written it up as not sure it qualifies as safe income and income is the only attraction for this very boring company which is also australia's largest carbon emitter gets a b minus as an esg score anyway there you go performing well at the moment brokers not particularly excited about it average target price bang in line with the current share price and lastly i've written up today wise tech on the request of a member great stock genuine growth stock but overpriced and i'd be getting ready to sell the moment this big tech tide turns wise tech's going to come off the top on or very close to a record high up 70 percent in a year but pe of 100 times yield of 0.2 percent there's not a lot of value here so run with run with the wind whilst the wind's blowing the average broker target price is below the current share price the interesting thing on WiseTech is that UBS just upgraded their target price by 27% and the other brokers haven't written research since March and the likelihood is that they will catch up with UBS at some point and also be upgrading earnings numbers so it could run for a little bit of a while. 
but I've not seen a stock like this on the Stockopedia ratings. Stockopedia now, by the way, employs Elio D'Amato, who is a friend and you might know. Uh, but on the Stockopedia quality and value ratings, quality is 99 out of 100 on WiseTech, but value is 2 out of 100. And that sort of sums it up. Great stock overpriced. And the moment that big tech bubble bursts, it's going to come clattering down again. Emery today has added a small brain chip holding. He's on the call on Ausbiz midday today. Talks about Paladin today, response to media commentary. He's also today writing about Magmatic Resources, MAG. Last time he did that, it jumped 16% in a day. Hasn't done that today. And that's about it. Don't forget to register for Ask the Analyst. Henry is doing on Friday. I will be away on Friday. I'm in Adelaide. Looking at the technical scan section, I have to tell you, there are lots of stocks that will be great trading buys the moment the market turns and the moment resources turn, which they haven't yet. So just sitting there, consumer discretionary stocks just lining up lots of oversold stocks. There are 62 oversold stocks in the all orders at the moment. That's more than we've seen for quite a while. And that sort of tells you the market's trending down. And lots of resources stocks that are going to recover the moment resources trend turns, but it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. And noticeably, there are stock market stocks like the platform stocks, Hub and NetWealth now turning turning the top and gold stocks turning the top as well and coal stocks continue to fall. Uh, that's about that really. Uh, not a fabulous day has to be said. We're down 83. Actually, let me just update. We're down 95. So we've dropped another... 10, 15 points whilst I've been talking. All looking pretty ugly. Resources the worst, down 2.4%. BHP and Rio down 2.8% each. Financials not doing too much better. Macquarie down 0.7%. Most of the other banks down over 1%. They've gone through the bottom of the bottom of the trading range now. Bank of Queensland down 7.1% today. Coal stocks absolutely belted today. Tech stocks the only stocks with any form. MP1 up 3.8%. Weebit up 9.3%. KSC had an update today. Doing okay. Up 17%. And that's about that. Uh, you have a good day. I'll be back tomorrow. Then I'm away. Matt will be filling in on the weekend. And I'll be back next week. It's one of those moments in the market where it's better to just step away until it starts to improve. Uh, The only other thing to say, of course, is whilst we are punching the air in delight on the back of this big tech rally, I am prepared to sell the moment that starts to peter out. There we go. There's a vote on the debt ceiling tonight in the House of Representatives. That might provide some sort of catalyst, but I think we've done our dash on debt deal enthusiasm. Uh, You have a good day. I will speak to you soon.